Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning. Welcome to On The Pace on a Monday morning. Hope you're well. Michael Gearan here to talk about harness racing for the next half an hour. And we spread our net far and wide this week. We have an Australian trained trotter, albeit a Victorian, but we still love the Victorians, in Sweden. That's Just Believe, who's raced many times at Menangle. He is headed to Sweden. He has arrived, and he is there to compete in the Elite Loppet, or the Elite Lop, as it's called in English, uh, on Sunday. So that's late Sunday night Australian time. There are heats over the mile. He has unfortunately drawn barrier seven in the first of those two heats. If he finishes top four, he will qualify for the final, which is run two hours later. Only one Australasian-trained horse, Pride of Petite, has ever qualified for the Elite Lop final. So that is in Sweden. This week, though, and a little bit of last week, we had the regional championships around the four regions of New South Wales. We had four winners, as you would expect, and they all meet this Saturday night in the statewide championship at Menangle. Very important, prestigious deal for the harness racing community. The second of those, the first, was Bathurst last Wednesday. The second was at Wagga for the Riverina Championship on Friday afternoon, and Brooklyn Bridge absolutely smashed them. One by 13 metres, justified the $1.28. And the man in the sulky, who enjoyed every moment of it with a great victory salute, was Blake Jones. Blake, thank you for joining us this morning, and congratulations. Thanks, Nick. Must have been a nice buzz, because you and Alan, your partner, uh, obviously would have set Brooklyn Bridge for this race. The conditions were absolutely perfect. So it was a plan that came off. And to be honest, once you drew the front line, it was a plan that everybody expected to come off. Yeah, that's right. He, um, he sort of always shown a fair bit of ability and um, we sort of had in, the, in our mind from the start of his three-year-old career that we wouldn't race him too much as a three-year-old and make sure we kept him under the 70 rating and um, set him for that this year. Okay, he's a horse who, as you said, showed plenty and raced predominantly at home last campaign. But you did jump into the deep end for the New South Wales Breeders' Challenge. You ended up in a semi-final, of all things, against Leap to Fame. Did that give you an indication of where you sit at that stage? And do you think that he's going to catch up to those horses this season? Uh, look, he's he's probably obviously not in Leap the Fame's class, but he sort of he's running that semi final of the uh, challenge was pretty good. He sort of got back a fair bit, and then there was a bit of traffic in front of him. But he um, yeah he got home up straight pretty good that day, and even though he ran sort of out the back, we we're pretty happy with his run. And um, yeah, I, I think he'll he'll turn into a nice metro horse. Tell us about how you ended up with Brooklyn Bridge, um, because a lot of people would think this is a pretty good type of a horse. How did it end up at Wagga? Was it bred in the region, purchased by one of your owners? Um, how do you and Alan go about getting horses? Uh, yeah, this fella is uh, owned and bred by Ray Moore, and um, he's sort of had horses with us probably for the last uh, two or three years. We've sort of um, been lucky enough to get him as a client, and he's got some nicely bred horses, and 
Uh, yeah, he's been really good to us since he came here. And we got this fella as a two-year-old and had him ever since. So, yeah, it's sort of just a bit of a luck to get Ray as an owner and then him have this nice horse come along. Blake, for those who don't know your situation, um, I presume that you and Alan are partners and you, you run the business together. Her name is the trainer and you doing most of the driving? Yeah, that's right. Yep, we, um, We've got a, our own little property here at uh, Narendra, which we purchased uh, about two years ago. And, um, yeah, it's been good ever since we've been here. and We've been um, yeah, just trucking along and, yeah, everything's going well. The strike rate seems to be very good. How many horses, or how many race horses, would you have on that property? Um, we've sort of got, uh, I think there's about 16 or 17 in work here at the moment. We sort of usually hang around probably the 15 mark and sometimes get a bit over it. But, yeah, we try not to have too many. And, um, yeah, if they're sort of not paying their way, they usually get moved on pretty quick. So, um, yeah, like, like to have them earning anyway, at least. It's not every day of the week you get to race for a hundred thousand uh, on your home track. Were there any nervous times in the run? Because watching it on television, it looked the easiest when you'd ever see straight to the front, dominate the race, no real issues, and it looked to be over a long way from home. Uh, yeah, I had a fair bit of confidence after the heats, and then then after the barrier draws, everything sort of fell our way there, which um, sort of made it really good and. Yeah, wasn't too stressed about it. Um, yeah, the only probably a little bit of a worry. I was sort of half expecting um, a couple of the others to work forward a bit before, a bit earlier, and then um, yeah, draw it's come probably a bit quicker than I thought. But yeah, my fellow, he's got really good speed, so I always sort of wasn't worried about anything getting past him at any stage. Well, Blake, you don't get much time to enjoy the win because that was last Friday. This Saturday at Menangal. The four winners and a couple of the place getters get together for the statewide final. Now, you've been to Menangle once. Can Brooklyn Bridge come to Menangle and beat the horses from the other regions on Saturday night? Yeah, obviously it's going to be a pretty tough task. They're, they're all good horses that are qualified, but um, I think he's going to be right in it. And if we get a bit of luck with the barrier draws again, I think he'd be pretty hard to beat with the right run. You've obviously taken horses from Wagga to Menangle before. It, it's a bit of a hike. What's the biggest difference between the two places? Is it a case there's a lot more pressure early on at Menangle? Because a lot of the horses we see from the regions, even if they're really good horses, will get to Menangle and maybe take a couple of runs to get their head around the whole thing. Yeah, that's probably it. Um, there's always that sort of constant pressure there. They, they don't come up for air too often. Probably more so over the mile, over the 2300, they, they tend to back off a little bit through the middle stages, so it's probably not as bad, but um, yeah, it's still going to be tough enough, no doubt. What do you make of Brooklyn Bridge heading forward? Because let's fast forward this conversation three or four months, and say you end up in open class. How do you campaign a horse from Wagga in open class if more or less all the big money is at Menangle? Yeah, look, probably in the end we're probably going to end up going to have to send him to Sydney. Um, yeah, it's probably not too fair on the horse travelling up and back all the time, but yeah, we'll just sort of speak to Ray and um, hopefully we, we're still at a few other races we might be able to pick out before we have to do that. But yeah, at, at this stage, hopefully he'll stay here, but yeah, in the in the long term he's probably end up going to have to go to a bigger stable up there and race from up there just to make it easier on the horse. 
Blake, you're over the thousand career wins now. Your, your career strike rate's outstanding for the galloping listeners who don't know much about your driving. 19% career wins, which if you compare it to, say, a J-Mac who's around 23% for the last couple of seasons, they're big numbers, Blake. Have you ever considered turning up at Menangle more on a Saturday night, or is it too hard to break into getting regular drives there? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, you'd obviously, um, you wouldn't mind doing it, but yeah, it's probably just more breaking into getting the regular drives there. There's sort of so many good drivers up there, and they're able to drive for them stables during the week as well, whereas we've probably got our meetings down here during the week, which would probably make it very hard to get to Menangle on Tuesday and Penrith on the Thursday. So, yeah, it's just probably more distraught. Not being able to crack into it's probably our, our biggest drama living this far away. Uh, had you won this race a couple of years ago, Blake, it had a Group 1 next to it. I was telling people on Friday there were Group 1s, but of course the threshold for Group 1s have changed. So um, you didn't get a Group 1, even though it probably felt like a Group 1. Yeah, that's right. They changed them. This is the first year it hasn't been, which, um, yeah, it's a little bit disappointing in that fact. But, yeah, not too worry. I'm, I'm sure when we get a chance to celebrate, we'll still carry on like it was a Group 1. All right, Blake. You guys, you and Ellen, when you line horses up, they tend to be backed. It's very rare you line up one more than 5 or $6. Is that a case that you believe in getting them fit at home or taking them to the trials and, and getting them really fit before you take them to the races? Whereas some other horses in New South Wales, they'll go to the races and they'll go race week about or race every week and they're not need to be worked too much in between. Watch your philosophy to taking horses to the races? Um, yeah, we don't, don't like going to the races too much unless we're a chance. Sort of, a, yeah, like to go there and they're a good chance of earning money and being, being a good shot in the race. So that's, that's probably the main thing. We sort of don't worry too much about going there if we don't think they're right or they're not right horse. Yeah, just try to go there when we think they're a good chance. All right, Blake, for our listeners, who's a horse apart from Brooklyn Bridge? we should put in the race tracker or stick on a note on the fridge. Who's a horse you've got running around who's going to win us a race at Riverina somewhere, maybe on a Friday afternoon, and our Gallops listeners and our Greyhound listeners and our footy fans can put into their multi? What's the name for us to follow? Um, I don't have any of this real uh, close race. I've got one that's about a month away, a three-year-old called Major Thinker from New Zealand. He's, um, he's working up well so far. If he sort of keeps on going that way, I think he'll pick up a few real quick once he gets to the races. Blake, we appreciate your time, mate. Congratulations on Friday afternoon. Congratulations to Ellen as well. You're doing a super job, and it's been great to find out a bit more about the team. Good luck at Menangle on Saturday night. Thanks, mate. Much appreciated. That's Blake Jones, along with his partner, Ellen Bartley. Um, Fascinating story. Only 15, 16 horses at work, and they absolutely smashed them in the TAB Regional Championship Final at Riverina, Wagga, on Friday afternoon. We then moved to Newcastle for their final, which was won by Metallica Man for Tom Ison. Now, Tom was going to join us on the show this morning. He hasn't been able to because he's actually driving to the races today. But our congratulations go to him, and he confirmed to me in a conversation last night, Metallica Man will be heading to the final this Saturday as well. So we know the uh, the heat winners are going to the finals. So that's good news for the big dance at Meningle this Saturday night. 
All right, we're going to try and get hold of Josh Gallagher now because we have racing coming up today uh, at both... We've got two venues today. We've got Newcastle and we've got Canberra coming up today. So Josh Gallagher's got a good book at Newcastle. We're going to see if we can get him on the line. Uh, good morning to you, Josh. How are you, mate? Good day, mate. Thanks for having me on. Mate, it's good to have you on, brother, and we appreciate your time. We know it's a busy Monday for you. Now, we're basically using you here. All we want out of you is winners. We want you to give us information so we can back a winner because, Josh, we've all had a busy weekend on the punt. So let's get started. First race at Newcastle today. Goes at 1.47. This doesn't appear to be one of your better drives, but maybe I'm reading it wrong. Tell us about Moonlight Cruiser. Yeah, it's... Um... You know, he goes around every week, and his form line's not probably the best. And, you know, we're drawn in the car park in Barrier 8, but, um, you know, we're just going to have to find a spot early. And, um, you know, there's a couple of... Um, Joe's got one first up, drawn Barrier 1. It looks pretty hard to beat. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think we're just doing our best in this one. OK, in the second on the card, you drive a horse called Kalara Dragon. Now, it's trained by Elizabeth Heath, and it was formerly trained by your boss, Kerry Ann Morris, who is having time on the sidelines. So for many people who see Elizabeth's name a lot more in coming months than they have previously, is that a case of her taking over some of Kerry Ann's horses? Yeah, she's, um, you know, Lizzie, she's, she's helped, helped us a lot um, through this terrible time at the moment. And, um, you know, the, the horses are still going good. Um, I think we had two winners last week in three seconds. So, um, you know, they're still performing at their best. And, um, yeah, we're still ticking along. How does Kalara Dragon go? Because she's been to the workouts four times and she's been okay. Yeah, today's a big um, step to see where she's at. Um, you know, Clayton's got one up from New Zealand that's first up. So, um, yeah, I don't think our fairly doubt of it. Um, just interesting to see how she'll go being first up. Yeah, driving a horse in race three called Zen Master, whose form stands out in this race. But look, overall, it's had 24 starts for only the one victory. Is this the right type of race for it? Because the opposition don't seem all that scary from barrier two. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I ran a nice, nice second at Bankstown last Monday. And... Um, you know, it got it got hammered the whole way. So, um, if we can just control our race to our own tempo and um, get everything our way, I, I think it'll be very hard to beat. Does he have the gate speed to use barrier two? Yeah, he does. He um, he got, got out really well at Bankstown last week with um, Leighton Green driving um, before. But um, you know, I've watched, I've done plenty of homework on him, and um, you know, he gets out the gate really good. Okay, in the fourth on the card, we're talking to Josh Gallagher about his drives this afternoon at Newcastle. Race four goes at 3.40. You're driving Jay's Cash. Now, it's 100 to 1. What do you do when you're driving a 100 to 1 chance, Josh? Do you just keep your nose clean early and hope for luck? Or if they've got no speed, do you have no choice but to launch them? What's the mindset for a driver on a long odds chance? Yeah, they... Um... They don't know they're 100 to 1, but, um, you know, Jay's cash has been around a long time and um, he could probably go out there do it himself, really. But um, we'll be just looking to aim for the fence and um, hoping to improve our position from there. 
Okay, we have the next race five, We Are All Alone, is another one for the McDowell team. You're driving one for them earlier on. Good, consistent type of a horse, barrier six. What do you make of your chances in race five today at Newcastle? Yeah, there's a bit of speed to our inside with um, better to be better a girl and strike diamonds and even shares make the stable, mate. Um, you know, we'll, we'll just look for an early, early spot in the runner line and, um, you know, just come, come with one run. OK, and the next on the card, you're on the favourite, but the form line uh, isn't all that good. It's Miss Mulirama. What do you make of this one for Margot Lennox? Because the form doesn't look outstanding, but the overall ability looks pretty good. Yeah, she's. Um, I've driven her the last two times, and um, two starts ago when she ran six, she was in the regional heats, and um, you know she really hit the line really good um, in the constellation constellation last week. We just got too far back, and they walked and spread her home, and we couldn't really get into it. But um, you know, she's dropping back in class into her own grade this week, and um, you know, I've got a lot of time for this horse, and um, so it's going to be a little bit tricky where we land up early, but. Um, you know, I think if she gets the right run, she'll be um, in, in, in the finish. Josh, you're on abstract art for Roy Roots Jr., one of the local trainers in the seventh on the card. You're drawing one on the second line and behind a long odds chance. In a situation like that, do you try and get away from the markers as quick as possible? No. When, um, most of the time when, you know, I'd... I draw in number nine, one on the second row, or at Penrith, number seven. Um, you know, you try and draw for a bit of luck and um, catching the speed. It's got real good speed off the gate. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think we'll be too far off the lead. Um, you know, you've got J.R. Bromack, which is pretty good. It's, um, you know, he can do it tough. So even Captain Dan, he's, he's a known death seat also. I think there'll be a lot of speed in the race and, um, you know, it just come down to me to try and try and get out on the last turn and, um, you know, find a passage. And the last on the card, Josh, you drive a horse called Songbird, who's had one start in Australia at Newcastle since arriving from New Zealand. Won OK. Didn't win by a big margin, but the time was pretty good. What do you expect to Songbird today? Because it's won five races. It's taken about 60 races to win those five. Do you find with these lower-grade horses who come from New Zealand and adapt, they can tend to be very competitive in this grade? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I think any horse that comes over from New Zealand is always competitive when they first come over. Um, you know, just the, the grading system over here suits them a lot better over there. So, um, you know, he, he raced really well. Um, I think it was three or four fence. When Robert drove him when he won, and um, to be honest, I don't think I'd pull off a better drive than what he did that day. So, uh, you know, we're going to have to, um, you know, he never went forward off the gate. So, uh, all right, Josh. Tomorrow you're driving at Menangle, so there's also a busy program for you there, including a couple of the first races and the trotting races. You've got some drives for Elizabeth. Uh, what's your best chance for the Sky Sport Radio listeners of getting a winner tomorrow at the afternoon meeting at Menangle? Yeah, look, I like um, Parallel Race 4, uh, number 3. Um, he's had a couple of, weeks, couple of weeks rest, but 
you know, he's been training very well and um, yeah, I, I think I think this week he's weak, to be honest. Josh, if I said to you we're going to have one bet on Josh Gallagher for the next 30 hours, what should it be? Um, I'm going to have to go with Zen Master. Um, you know, he raced really good last week and um, got a real good draw this week, so we'll have to play our hand early. Mate, we appreciate your help, Josh. It's uh, always a busy time when you're heading to Newcastle. So, mate, thank you for joining us today on Sky Sport Radio. Cheers. Thank you. Josh's best is race three today at Newcastle. Zen Master, tab.com.au, giving you $1.95. So basically, flip of a coin, one ninety-five for Zen Master in the third today. First race there goes at one forty-seven. Interesting sale coming up in New Zealand on Thursday, it's the National Weanling Sale, and harness racing weanling sales used to be a real battle. They were never very successful, but they've really ignited in the last two years in New Zealand, not so much in Australia, but in New Zealand, but lots of Australian buyers will be there. Uh, Cam Bray is from New Zealand Bloodstock Standard Bread, and Cam, did you see this coming? The last couple of years, we went from basically selling horses by the dozen at the weanling sales and it really being, for want of a better word, feeling like a dumping ground. And now the sale you're going to at Karaka on Thursday has lots of the big players there and some really serious prices as we say good morning to you. Yeah, Mick, how are you? Hey, uh, yeah, probably haven't didn't see this coming probably so much. Um, I think item getting the weanlings out on their own and putting a real emphasis on those weanlings has really helped this sale. Um, and not to mention probably the graduates over the years that have actually come from the sale. Um, you know, it's a serious sale. Um, no doubt we'll talk about some of those good graduates, but um, you don't have to outlay a lot of money to get yourself a really, really good horse. Okay, maybe the most famous of them, Copy That. I think Copy That came through the sale, didn't he? Around about $7,000. $7,000. Uh, he might have actually been slightly dearer. Copy That, uh, Better Zip It, uh, Majestioso. Uh, and then in recent years, you've got horses like My Ultimate Baxter, Ultimate Meteor and Sinbad. So it's a pretty good proven source to, uh, to find yourself a nice horse. When we talk about weanling sales in the thoroughbred community, uh, a lot of them aren't end users. They're pin hookers, they take them, they resell them at the yearling sales. How big is that market in harness racing, at least for this sale? Uh, it's probably not to the extent of that. To be fair, what we've seen in the last few years is probably with that Australian interest you talked about earlier. We have seen a number of guys from Australia come over here to try and get into some of these New Zealand families and then ultimately turn them around in Australia. It's not a huge thing, but it is growing. Let's talk about buying weanlings. Now you also work for New Zealand Bloodstock which is obviously the major thoroughbred sales company. We know these days with yearlings people often scope them, they have passports for the horses, there's a lot of knees. Now there's a lot less x-rays and scoping done in harness racing but it's still done a little bit more than it used to be. What about the weanling sales? Do people bother with the scoping, with the x-rays at the weanling sales anywhere to the same degree? Not anywhere to the same degree, Mick. Probably more so we're looking at um, just general veterinary, pre-sale veterinary inspections. Um, they still have a wee bit of emphasis, but um, uh, as weanlings, just probably just uh, that little bit early. There's so much still to happen, quite a bit of growth to go through, so it's hard to probably um, uh, foresee the future. But uh, to answer your question, no, they're probably not necessarily under the same scrutiny. 
there was a feeling five years ago, maybe ten years ago, that the weanling sales were a dumping ground. They, they were taken there for horses who weren't going to be popular at the yearling sales. I know that's not true, but some of our listeners may not. So explain to us why people sell, in this case, harness racing, weanlings rather than holding on for them and selling them in nine months as yearlings. Well, it's quite simple in our terms here in New Zealand because of the size of those two large vendors that support these sales. They're both two of Australasia's biggest standard bridge studs. So other than the fact that they just can't take 80 or 100 yearlings to a sale each is problematic, but also it gives them a great opportunity to get a young sire started. We've seen it over the years where it's been a great start for horses like Sweet Lou, um, What the Hill, um, and then some of all, the, also some of like the Captain Crunches last year, you know, they came through, had a great hype, that's then followed through into the yearling sales. It's now probably seen as a genuine uh, sale, uh, not so much as, say, like you mentioned before, more of a dispersal. It's always had a very, very high clearance rate, this sale. We'll have one of the best clearance rates in Australasia of any bloodstock sale. But in my eyes, it's a great way for these studs to be able to get new size out into them. It's get them in the trainer's hands so when it comes to yearling sale time, at least they have had some, uh, some, some you know, exposure to these stallions. What sort of money are we talking, Cam? I mean, everybody these days hears crazy figures, particularly in the thoroughbreds, about all sorts of you know, weanlings and obviously yearlings. Mm. And we've even had a, a recent Australian yearling in harness racing sold for 270000 for the Australian mm. record. What would mm. be a massive lot at Caracca on Thursday? Uh, we've sold horses in the sale up to sort of sixty or $70,000 um, with an average generally, and when I'm talking average, this sale is averaging now just a tickle over $15,000. Um, so that's that's a really good that's a really good health, healthy average for a, for a weanling in this part of the world. Uh, when you consider that, you know, it wasn't that many years ago, yearling sales were averaging thirty, forty thousand dollars. So you know, we, we're sort of halfway uh, with with weanlings. So you know, it's a really healthy average. But you know, these star lots that are yearling sale quality horses, they they will sell for fifty, sixty, seventy odd thousand. Cam, New Zealand Bloodstock were right at the forefront of getting a good website up and running because obviously COVID meant people couldn't get to the country. So much of the marketplace was in Australia. What's the way that people can view the sale, watch the sale, get more information about the sale? Or some people just like mucking around on the website and looking at pictures of horses. So how do people do that? Yeah, just head through to the, the New Zealand Bloodstock Standardbred website, which is nzbstandardbred.co.nz. It has, um, you know, we pride ourselves on our website. You know, we you can go through lot by lot. It has all the vendor media there. It has access to the pedigrees right in front of you. It has the, has the updates for those pedigrees uh, right there. It can tell you whether there's been uh, any sort of um, medical or surgical procedures lodged against that horse. So, it, you know, that website is the greatest source of information you can have. All right, Cam, what about people who want a bit more of an update? What about people who want an unbiased opinion? Um, you seem pretty unbiased. Can people ring you guys from NZB Standard Bread and, and just ask? Definitely. Them? Definitely. Yeah, no, get, through that website, you'll see all our guys, our, our numbers and our emails. We've seen all the horses. Um, I'm sitting in the airport now in Christchurch on my way to Auckland. I'll be there as of this afternoon. Horses, uh, they started arriving today. Uh, so we will have guys on the ground, agents on the ground, 
um, from tonight onwards that we can inspect, we can send you, you know, sale footage of them on the grounds, anything you need. Uh, but just head through that website and you'll have all our contact details there. I think you're in for a busier day than you expect at Karaka tomorrow, Kim. I'm not sure if you've seen the announcement from the Racing Minister, but um, they tell me that Karaka is going to be used for a different type of press conference tomorrow, so there might be a oh, few right. more people floating around than usual. <laughs> oh, that was good. I don't mind that. No, good on you, Cam. Thank you, mate. And that's uh, Cam Bray from New Zealand Bloodstock Standard Bread. It's nzbstandardbread.co.nz. They have the biggest and best wingling sale uh, in Australasia on Thursday. You can watch the whole thing live online. One bit of warning, if you do start watching these things online, it's like eating potato chips. You tend to go through the entire bag and it can get rid of a couple of hours of your life. Just on that note... um, Karaka tomorrow, the Minister for Racing in New Zealand, for what it's worth, people may not care, is having a uh, announcement, and that announcement is expected to be around the potential outsourcing or strategic partnership of the New Zealand TAB to Entain. So that announcement, we're not going to get too much into that today, but that announcement uh, probably tomorrow, there is an announcement tomorrow, which is a stand-up, which is very, very rare for the Minister for Racing, so um, one would expect that is talking about that, whether that goes ahead or not, I guess we will find out, and that will be on social media channels as of tomorrow. Thanks to Sky Sport Radio for giving us all this time this morning to talk harness racing. It is State Finals Championship Night at Menangle this Saturday night. Those fields coming out later today. If you're having a bit today at Newcastle, Zen Master Race 3, number 2, Josh Gallagher's Best of the Day. Thanks for joining us on On The Pace, the next On The Pace Wednesday morning with Brittany Graham.